Corporate Unplugged opens the door to a world of people transforming business. They share their dreams, their experiences, and what they would never give up. So I'm so glad to have Oren Lyons here with me from upstate uh, New York. So welcome to my podcast, Oren. Thank you. Uh, and I'm so happy and I am so honored. Um, ever since I heard of you through my friend Ulf Stinnerhag in uh, Stockholm, uh, I've been really wishing to meet you and uh, kind of visualize this, this moment. And I, I think it's kind of tricky to introduce you because you have contributed and done so much in the past nine decades for this world of ours. Or Alliance is a faith keeper of uh, the Turtle Clan and a member chief of the Onondaga Council of Chiefs and uh, the Grand Council of the Iroquois Confederacy. Uh, and he's also professor emeritus at the University of Buffalo, New York, and has a doctor of law degree from Syracuse University. Uh, Orin is also an artist, environmentalist, author, also a founder and principal partner of uh, One Bowl uh, Productions, a purpose-driven film and television production company in LA. And he's also chairman of the board for Plantagon, um, a world leader in uh, greenhouse innovation. Um, Orin is a leading voice at the United Nations Permanent Forum on Human Rights for Indigenous Peoples, and he's received numerous prestigious awards, uh, such as the United Nations NGO World Peace Prize, and recently also the prestigious uh, Friends of the Children Award from uh, with his colleague, uh, the late Nelson uh, Mandela. So Orin, um, I have a question uh, that I can't imagine a better person to ask than you, uh, which is, uh, what is uh, wisdom? Uh, basically, I would say it's experience. Yeah. And, um, I have a perspective of 90 years now on this earth, and that's given me uh, the understanding is that uh, there's so much to know. And, and the older I get, the more I understand, the less I know. Um, it's a process of uh, awareness, of being aware, learning, mm. and um, listening to your elders who have experienced uh, basically what we all go through. Yeah, and we, we all crave for this kind of deep understanding of how things work. And, and, and at the same time, there is a big difference between different generations. They're not interacting that much anymore. Native uh, people in uh, in the Western Hemisphere, uh, we've always had an inclusive process uh, for families, and a lot of our major meetings, the children are running all over the place. So we don't exclude uh, anybody from anywhere. Basically, we're always inclusive, mm -hmm. and in that process, the children learn to be respectful when people are talking. They're quiet, and they they off to the corner but they're there mm. and and they're listening mm. be surprised what children will pick up and you don't think they're listening but they are mm. they're hearing you and um so you have to always be aware of that oh how you're how you're speaking in their presence because they they're uh, like sponges they they absorb what you what you hear when you reach a certain level of adulthood, 
you you have um, established a process for yourself. Mm. So a lot of that uh, knowledge or, or wisdom or whatever you call coming in your direction, you deflect mm. because you've established your own position and you have made a decision whether you want to hear it or not. Well, children are like that. Children just hear everything. And they uh, and they have a, a, an uncluttered mind, and so I would say that uh, uh, over a period of time, um, age gives you a perspective that there is no other way to 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 get that. The ability to hear like a child when people are speaking. Mm. And not battling your own mind with their words as they're speaking, and then you are mentally challenging words that they're saying. You're not listening mm. to, their, to what they're saying. Mm. So, in our old process, when we used to meet a long time ago, um, <clears throat> and we still in our in our own associations in our own meetings, we have that. Uh, silence while someone is speaking, an open mind to hear what they're saying. And then when uh, they finish, if you have a question or unclear, you ask them, can you clarify this until you're sure that you hear their message? Mm -hmm. And then you would say, then, then at that time we would say, uh, we'll We'll meet you tomorrow as we reflect on your message. So we spend that next 24 hours uh, reflecting on the message. And then the next day, then you begin your meeting. Many people around me are also referring lately about the inability to trust the system around us. Uh, so wh where do we turn? You know, How can we stay anchored? How can we increase trust around us? And, and what is it that we should trust? Well, it's a, it, it's a process that you have, um, in your development, have excluded that process of trust. When um, our brothers from across the water, who you are a part of, first got here, we didn't know who they were and... Uh, we assumed that whatever and whoever they were, they they understood how we were thinking. And, and, and you know, today, now we're talking 500 years ago, over 500 years ago, and today we're still not connecting. We're speaking on two different levels. Yeah. Now, most of our, our languages... There's over, there's over 500 different native languages here in this country, in North, what they call North America now, and what we call Turtle Island. Uh, there are all these languages, and they're, they're quite different. And that had to be developed over thousands of years of uh, inhabitation of, of this land. And... Um, now, almost everybody is speaking English. English seems to be the common language. And in our prophecies, they said the time will come when we will be, everybody will be speaking one language. 
and it looks to be English. But this is anyway, this is where we're, we're speaking from here. And I think in that process of the language itself uh, uh, comes the tenants and comes the, uh, the direction of uh, the people who are speaking that language. So in our first discussions, uh, and even up to today, uh, we have a different set of values. Native people have a different set of values. And um, uh, we were invited to, to join a international group uh, back in 1988, 80, yeah, 88. Um, it was the uh, Global Forum of Spiritual and Parliamentary Leaders for Human Survival. That's a big mouthful, but in that group, uh, there were amazing amounts of certain people that dedicated to a better life, I would say, a, a better way. What, what, you're, what you are hoping to, to, to gain by this discussion today. Mm -hmm. And um, among that group from the, uh, from the U.S. side was Al Gore. He was in that group. And there were several senators some congressmen from the United States. Um, Mother Teresa was in that group. Mm -hmm. The Dalai Lama was in that group. The Grand Sufi from Syria was in that group. So it was quite diverse. And uh, there was a serious effort to, to bring this discussion between parliamentary and spiritual leaders. It was a, a very good effort. And we met for years. And we met in, uh, we were hosted by uh, President Gorbachev in Moscow in 1990. And uh, at that time, he introduced the concept of International Green Cross. Mm -hmm. He said that, uh, that the Second World War had devastated the ter territories of Russia and the world, actually. Very true. And he said that as the human concept of Red Cross, which is to take care of the human human beings, he said Green Cross would be to take care of the, uh, the damages done by human beings to the earth itself. That was a fundamental concept of the International Green Cross. And it has prevailed. It is still there today. Uh, and but the principles of it, of course, hasn't been in charge. So what we are facing today is the existential threat to the human uh, population, um, possible extinction. We have come to the point where we are challenging the, I would say, the the powers of, of the universe. We've, we've challenged the powers of the universe without comprehending just what those powers are and how pervasive and powerful they are. And so the scientists from the, U, the United Nations have said two years ago now 
they said that we have about 10 years left till we come to a point of no return where our activities as human beings in this, this earth will drive us to the point where there is no redemption. There is no a way to save the future populations and we will pass a point of no return. And so we're approaching that now. And so, uh, how do you how do you deal with a with a problem of such dimensions, and who is responsible? Captains of industry, and and uh, the ideas of capitalism. Mm. And I think that the capitalism has has now reached a point of uh, destructive point that was all warned about, you know, from the beginning. I didn't know anything about this when I was just a, a young guy running around misbehaving like every young people do. And uh, I've learned over a period of time that um, that seems like to me in my observations that every generation that is born has to learn all over again what the past generation has learned by experience. And so we now we have uh, a population, the human population today, we have tripled the population in my lifetime. You have to reflect on that. When I was uh, 50 years old, or when I was 20 years old in 1950, there were somewhere around 2.5 billion people in the whole world. 70 years later, there's almost 7.7 .7 billion people. So within my lifetime, we've tripled the population. That's not sustainable. There's not enough water. Land is not adjudicated. Water is not adjudicated fairly. Huge populations coming and we're failing to teach the children because they're coming so fast. You can't teach them. They're coming fast. We're in a problem here. And the problem is the expansion of the human population at the expense of all other populations. When you have names for the gorillas in the mountains and you can count the tigers and you can count the elephants, Yep. Something's very wrong. Probably as I'm speaking, there are many people shaking their head, disagreeing with what I'm saying. And so... Uh, but I guess there is a lot of, there is so much facts around the situation we are in already. So why would anybody question the uh, urgency, so to say, uh, linked to the global warming? There's a simple answer to that. Mm -hmm. Greed. G-R-E-E-D. There you have it. That's mm -hmm. why people won't listen. Greedy. But, but, but yet, it is, as you say, it is an existential problem for all of us. I mean, the earth and the, na the nature, the planet will survive, but we will not. So how intelligent is, the, is that to, use the, to choose the greed strategy before, before kind of making sure that we survive? 
as a species. Well, that was, uh, I think that was the, the experiment, I would call, mm-hmm. uh, of democracy here in, in America now, called America. Mm-hmm. You know, America was named after an Italian, Marigold Vespucci. Yeah. Now, how can you come to another whole continent and name it after somebody back over on the other side? But that's how the way it's been. Mm. And they thought they were in India. So all of a sudden, all the native people here were Indians. Mm. So when I go to India or I talk to people from India, I have to explain, you are the real Indian. <laughs> but no, we've been labeled that by a mistake mm. early on. Mm. And the mistake prevails. Mm. There's still Indians here. Mm. So we accept that reality, you know, as you know, part of nature's way of doing things or human human activity. Mm. So how how do you deal with the problem today? Mm. I I have no real answers to that. You know, I uh, it brought us to a point where the answer lies within your own people. Mm. You have to answer that question or you have to face the question first. Yeah. There are people that want to do that in different uh, interviews and different speeches that you have held all over the world, you're saying that it's very much also a, a moral question in, in, in the governing process of a country or of a company or of any system. So if you don't have that process, nothing is going to survive. And that goes for society as well. We have to have a moral society or else we won't have any. Yeah, there, there's an annual meeting that's held in Switzerland Mm-hmm. You yeah. mean the, the Davos meeting, or? Yeah, the Davos meeting. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting to me that all the capitalists and, and, and they have the common sense to have a meeting. And for, for two weeks, they put down their, their adversarial positions and they, they kind of make up what they're going to do for the next year. Mm-hmm. And that decision is, you know, very high level people there. You know, prime ministers are there, sometimes sure. president. And um, the decision is being made on behalf of all the whole people in the earth. And, of course, the rest of the people are just barely surviving and working uh, 12, 14 hours a day to put food on the table for one more day. And here we have a group of people defining how the whole earth is going to be uh Uh, dealt with for the next coming year. Mm. Can't do that. Mm. Yeah, that's not that's that's an exclusive term. That's an exclusive. Mm. If you're going to survive as a species, you have to be inclusive. Mm. Everybody has to be included. Mm. And not as workers or not as laborers Mm. and uh, stockholders. a whole group of people mm-hmm. who have um, all the money and there's many, many more people who have none. Mm-hmm. So the inequity that we face today comes from that process. Mm-hmm. So the question on the table then, I would say today, is what are you going to do about it? Not mm-hmm. what are we going to do about it because we don't have the leverage. Yeah, exactly. You have the leverage to change, but are you going to do it? Or is your greed going to not allow you to do that? Yeah, so... 
It's and, very simple. Yeah. And it's, it's so easy. Everybody's going to talk about change and the, the need for change and nobody is actually going to do something about changing themselves. That's the core. Um, but there are a lot of people I meet also in the corporate business kind of area uh, where they really want to help. Uh, it's just that we need to be more, more of us, uh, I think. Uh, that are using all the instruments that they have in their hands in terms of their companies or organizations and so on and trying to do a lot more uh, than absolutely the, the average business out there. But do you have any kind of specific advice to leaders? Uh, and definitely if you want you know, to define what you think is a leader, that would be good as well. Well, the meetings that we, we were talking about that was being held by this, mm -hmm. this group of people Uh, very large, very inclusive uh, from around the world, and we were meeting, mm. you know, in different different parts of, of the world. That was an eye-opening experience for myself, and um, I was uh, traveling at that different times with the leader of our nation, uh, uh, Leon Shenandoah, who was the Tadadaho, our head our head chief, mm -hmm. and um, we we. And we're experiencing this uh, effort to meet the issues that we're talking about today. So in Japan, the meeting was in Japan. There were many, many uh, delegates there, over 300 people from around the world, very high level people. And the, uh, the director was Akio Matsumura. Akio Matsumura was Japanese. And he was an amazing person. He could talk to anybody in the world. He had access to everybody. I was, he just, and his mind was uh, open. And so when we first made our initial uh, uh, meeting with them in 1988, um, I said to him, uh, well, where are the women? There seems to be mostly all men here speaking. Where are the women? Hmm. He says, oh, good idea, let's have more women. <laughs> so um, when we were in when we were in the meeting in, in Moscow, the two principal speakers there was Gro Harlan Bruntman yeah. and uh, Audrey Shannondor, who's a clan mother from Onondaga. Mm -hmm. They were the two main speakers. Mm -hmm. And you have to give credit, you know, to Akio Matsumura and, and the rest of the people to listen really for the first time to women speaking from the podium. Mm. And they were making the main speech. And of course, what they were talking about was life, children, family, mm. not money, not power. So here you are. And now uh, the women's voice, you know, here in America, they said, um, I think it was uh, one of the, the current presidents at the United Nations, uh, I think it was Obama, said something that really uh, alerted me, put my ears right up. It was very carefully said, uh, Obama was a lawyer. Lawyers don't just offhandly speak. Mm. They know exactly what words mean. Mm. And he said, 
at this meeting, I think probably 2015 or so, somewhere in there, um, he said that the United States of America was the first constituted democratic government in the world. And I said, whoa, hold on there, wait a minute. What about the Haudenosaunee? Hmm. What about the Haudenosaunee 1,600 years ago? Yeah. Where, where the leadership was split between the men and women fairly. And the process to the point where the peacemaker at that time said to us, as he was putting forward our, our system, he said, the earth is female, and therefore, the system that we are now talking about will be, the women will be in charge of the earth, which they are. They're in charge of water. Men are in charge of fire. Water will always put fire out. And so, yeah. water is life, and they say, it's life and it's death. You just try to go without water for five days. It's an experiment. See how long it lasts. You can go out with food 70 days, longer maybe. Water, not very long. So water is life and it's also death. And um, if we don't protect water, we don't understand that. We're destroying ourselves, life itself. So what's one of the major problems of the world today is pollution. Pollution of water, of oceans. Imagine how large the ocean is and we polluted it. And in the center of the Pacific, there's this huge circle of garbage, human waste circling, gathering more and more every day. This is, the, this is what you're looking at. These are, you're affecting the very essence of life. And why? Well, it's the system. It's the values. So when we were in Japan, uh, my, my uncle, Chief Shanador, said, we got to come to a conclusion here. You know, keep meeting, meeting, meeting. So I said, good idea. Let's talk to Akio. I said, Akio, when are we going to come to a conclusion? When, when, you know, we're meeting and meeting. He says, hey, it's a good idea. Let me yeah. present it. And so he presented to the gathering. Let's come to a conclusion. And they did. After all these meetings, and it was four words, all these meetings came down to four words. Value change for survival. If you don't change your values, you're not going to survive. Period. End of discussion. So there you are. We're at that value change for survival. Now, can you? 
Can you deal with the greed that drives everything now? And can you go back to what we did, you know, and uh, in Turtle Island prior, prior to the landfall of Columbus, there were, I would say, two main principles right across North Central, now South America. The first principle was to share. Share. Principle number one. Principle number two was respect. Respect for yourself, respect for your nation, respect for other people, respect for life, respect for everything. If you could do those two things, which is the peacemaker said to us 1600 years ago, you yourself will have peace. So the Haudenosaunee's principle, first principle is peace. And the symbol of that, he planted a great symbol for us, the great tree of life, he said, the great tree of peace. He says, herein is your symbol, the great white pine. He said, it's reached to the sky, everybody will see it. He said, and they will have four white roots of peace in the four directions of the earth. He said, and on top will be the eagle. I will place the eagle and he will be your sentry. He will warn you when things are coming and will be chewing at these roots of peace. And the women, the women in charge of water, women in charge of life. And so the system that we had then, he established was the clan system that we had. He said, your family. And he said to the men who were leaders at that time and who had been fighting for, fighting each other, he had finally brought them together to get in this peace discussion. He says, go into the forest out into nature and tell me the first thing that you see. So these leaders went, they would come back. I saw a wolf. Henceforth, that's your family. He will be the wolf. I saw a beaver. I saw a deer. And so our system was based on nature. It was brilliant to tie us directly to nature. So when I look today, and I'm living in a home, I'm living in a house like anybody else, uh, I think of my brother, the wolf out there. I think about him all the time. And how things go with him is how things go with us. And you're trying to kill him. They don't like the wolf. They like the symbol but they try to kill the wolf. You're killing nature, you're killing yourself. So you have to have a different perspective. And you don't have that as perspective, you know? Um, you talk about religion, well, it's... it's uh, well, religion has very much been used over so many years as a power game, actually, I, as well, the way I see it, even if I... 
I think it's fantastic that people believe in something that is bigger than ourselves, which obviously exists, but, but uh, religion as such, uh, I think it's a very complex materia that has a lot of deep ends. <laughs> well, you know, you either do it or you don't, you know, and so yeah. forth. But, you know, yeah. that, uh, especially Christianity, Christianity has to take the, uh, the fault that they brought here. Mm. It was a Christian doctrine of discovery. At the time of discovery, of, of uh, so-called discovery here of our, our people and our lands. It was uh, mid-13th century. And the power on earth at that time was in Rome. And it was a Roman Catholic church. The church was ruling the earth at that time. There was a hegemony going on. They were, they were going everywhere. They were promoting their religion. And that's what they brought over here, you know, mm. that yeah. ship that came, the Nina, the Pinta, and the Santa Maria. Mm. That's the names of the ship that came here. Mm. And they carried the vision of God, glory, and gold. Mm. You brought that here. There was gold all over the place here. Mm. People were using it for <laughs> ornament. Uh, didn't have a value beyond what they wanted to do, but drove drove your people crazy. Mm. Gold. God, glory, and gold. And it's been that way ever since. It's still there. Mm -hmm. What I see from here is that uh, God isn't first. Gold is first. Mm. So how do you deal with that? How are you going to deal with that? Because the reality is the earth itself, the rules and laws of the universe, nature is in charge, has always been in charge. And if you don't recognize that, you're going to uh, become the failure. Just another failure of life on this earth. The earth doesn't matter. That doesn't care. It's not going to go away. You can do all the damage you want to do, but eventually it'll, it'll be all right because it has all the time in the world. Mm. We don't. Exactly. I watch the cartoonists a lot because they, they, they have a way of, of uh, bringing things right down to a point, you know. Mm. Mm. And um, I remember, you know, here, there was a, a character that people know in America, maybe or further around. His name is Bogo. Mm. He's a little character in a, in a, in a you know, in the, in the uh, uh, cartoons, Pogo. And he said, in one of his strips, he said, I have seen the enemy, and it is us. Mm. Now, this little character spoke a truth. Mm. I have seen the enemy, and it is us. Mm. Well, what is us going to do then? First of all, you have to change your values. And that's what was said. Value change for survival. If you don't change your values, you're not going to survive. Simple. What main driving forces do you believe are behind everything that we see? Well, I would say the, the issue of greed is that we were warned, you know, the mm. peacemakers said to our people, mm. there are two 
he said, there are two um, emotions that lie within each of us. Every, every human being has these emotions, he says. One is greed and the other is jealousy. He said, he warned us, those two can destroy your nation. We were warned way back there, 1,600 years ago. Greed and jealousy will destroy any relationship. And here we are. Here we are. So your question is an existential question that goes out to who you have gathered because they're the ones in charge right at the moment. Mm. They're the people with authority. Can they change? Can they share? Because sharing is, is contrary to capitalism, yeah. very contrary. And capitalism is not democracy. People get mixed up about that. They think this is <laughs> it's far away from democracy. Mm. And uh, the, the leaders early on pointed that out. Adam Smith said it clearly. It's not the best solution, but it'll get us somewhere. But in the meantime, let's see what else we can do. Mm. Well, here we are in the meantime. Here in the United States now, we have uh, less than 1% with close to 70% of the wealth of America. There is nothing democratic about that. Mm. And yet it prevails. Yet there they are. And you can apply that right around the world. And you have uh, people listening right now who have that wealth. You've gathered them up. Goes directly to them. What are you going to do about it? What about young people? Do you have any particular advice to young people who are maybe today 17, 18, 19, 20, and are choosing a path in life? Well, you know, it's really sad. I, I, um, I fear for them. I fear for them. I fear for their children. Mm. When uh, the peacemaker gathered us, he said very clearly, he said, when you sit and you counsel for the welfare of the people, think not of yourself, mm. nor of your family, nor even your generation. He said, make your decisions on behalf of that seventh generation coming. Mm. Now, if you do that, you yourself will have peace. Mm. All right? What he's saying is behave yourself. Look ahead. Secure their future, not your future. Mm. So the first thing that I would say to the captains of industry is enlarge your perspective and take responsibility for the future. You have to take responsibility for children coming. Absolutely. And I, I uh, remember very clearly, I was flabbergasted. Very good friend, person, professional, doctor. Um, he wanted to invest in our, our project of Plantagon. And... Um, I said, well, that's sure, you can do it. But I said, we, we're, we're trying to establish a challenge the system. So 
a person can only buy one share for the for self. You can't buy 10. What? He said, well, I want to buy 100. I want to buy, I want to buy more. And I said, well, no, I said, this is for the future. You buy one share and it's going to go to your children and you're, you're, we're trying to enlarge the perspective and the process of business here. He said, and he said, well, the hell with them. His exact words. The hell with them. They can take care of themselves. Wow. That is where you are at right now mm. you have that perspective mm. they can take care of themselves mm. Mm. no you have a responsibility mm. as an adult you have to behave like an adult mm. put away your yachts and your airplanes and your toys pay attention to the future mm. and learn how to share Oren, do you think this whole situation with COVID-19 now is going to help us raise our awareness of the whole and how we're all intertwined? Well, it better. I mean, if it doesn't, if you don't, if you don't take heed at this point, because this is just the beginning. We're, in a, we're probably in the, maybe the late spring of global warming. You call it global warming, mm. but it's an existential crisis of survival mm. for human populations and beings. We're just moving into the late spring. It's going to get worse. Mm. And those pandemics that you see right now, there's others building. Mm. There's pathogens out there that are just waiting to feed on this huge uh, population of human life. Mm. We are now, you know, we're moving all the other life off the, off the earth itself. Or, 7.7 billion people are going to be eight. Mm. That's a lot of feeding ground for those pathogens. And they're out there right now. Mm. They're out there. So this one's going to go through. And then uh, the next one right behind it. And the next one right behind it. Mm. It's in the process. Meanwhile, the earth is heating up. You think it's hot now? <laughs> no, what's mm. coming? Mm. It's not good. Is there anything that can give us hope? Because it feels like we are in a hopeless position and, and the risk is that people are going to say, well, it doesn't matter what we do. We're already in a, in, a, in a super bad situation. So there's no point in kind of trying. Or what could you give us as a, you know, uh, of, of a sensation of hope in the midst of all of this? Well, it's, it goes back to the value change for survival. There's hope there. But, yeah. you know, it's, it's not over. And like I say, you know, I was talking about Pogo, mm. and uh, and then there was a, and he said, I've seen the enemy and it is us. And then there was another kind of a philosopher, he's a baseball player for the Yankees, his name was Yogi Berra. And he used to say these things. He had a perspective that I used to, I used to listen to him because it was a good perspective. Mm. And one of the things he said was, well, it ain't over till it's over. Okay? <laughs> so that's where we are right now. Yeah. It ain't over till it's over. Mm. Okay? So you can't lose heart. Mm. You have to stand and fight. Mm. You have to stand and change. 
Okay, and that's why you're having this meeting. The question goes to those captains of industry out there that are listening. Can you change? Will you change? How will you change? They're brilliant people out there. They're good minds. But they have to change their values. Can you do that? Can you share? Can you go in the opposite direction? And how are you going to do that? Concern for the well-being of all people. Concern for the well-being of all life. You know, we have uh, every meeting that the Haudenosaunee meets, we go through that, that sharing idea. We give thanks. We give thanks to the water. We give thanks to the earth. We give thanks to the people. We give thanks to all life. We go through the litany. We give thanks to the winds. We give thanks to all these powerful forces out there. We give thanks. We give thanks to the moon. We give thanks to the sun. We have personified them so that our people can get closer to them, to the stars and beyond the stars. We give thanks all the time, every meeting, big or small. Mm. So probably that issue of, of uh, sharing mm. and respect, can you do that? Yeah. Can you get beyond yourself? Uh, and, and go back again to yeah. Yogi Berra. It ain't over till it's over. <laughs> today, there's, a, there's an election going on today. And those forces are, are facing each other today. And this uh, current president is probably, probably the, the person or the element that we all are. Now, there it is, just about as plain as you can see it. Mm. Uh, so far, he's failing. So far, he's losing. Mm. And that's where we are, okay? Mm. Now, I think we have to take heart and leadership. You have to be strong. And you have to change. Mm. Value change for survival. No, no, no. There's no other option. You, you can't have your cake and eat it too. Mm. And but that's we, what you're trying to do. But we need leaders rather than politicians, I think, because politics is, is another game in the way is, is, is some kind of a theater. So it doesn't, is never felt for as long as I can remember, genuine, authentic in well, its... Politicians are the spokespersons for the wealth, basically. Mm -hmm. They're not for the, the earth or the people. Yeah. So mm -hmm. you have to get beyond that. Yeah. Uh, so do you think, Oren, do you think, Oren, that businesses, companies as an instrument for change are one of the biggest important engines that we have now? That's the quickest. You know, here's the other thing about business. What mm -hmm. I've seen, what I've learned about business is when they want to change, they can change in an instant. Yeah. You know, businesses are on razor edges mm. for profit and loss. And they can change. They do. Mm. But they see that they're losing this sort of, they, they change immediately. Mm. So they have a business 
is a lot quicker than government. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Government ponderous. Mm -hmm. And, you know, but business, they're quick. They're quick on their feet. Mm -hmm. And so, yes, they have the ability. They have the wherewithal. They're in charge of their business. Yes, mm -hmm. they can change. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think there lies a huge power in that. And I meet a lot of great business people who are have really having a good good heart, if I may say so. And they are very often saying that they feel alone. You know, they have lots of business peers. They have a lot of people in power that they can call and they can influence things. But when they look to the right and to the left, they see business peers that are not 100% interested in really making a great difference. They are, you know, sprinkling some money on projects here and there, but they're not really, really, really into it. And they feel lonely. So all of these people who have powerful positions but feel lonely need to get together. And that's the group of people I'm trying to connect. Well, you always need a leader. Yeah. Even ducks have leaders. <laughs> Everybody has a leader. So when a leader gets out there and they do something, that starts the whole business. Mm. So what you have there, what you're gathering around you, are these leaders. Mm. And they just go and do it. Mm. You have yeah. to do it. You can't talk it. Yeah. But, and that, that inspires others to move. Mm. So it's, it's, it's a huge task. Mm. But nevertheless, if you, don't, if you don't start, nothing will happen. So you started it. Exactly. So, so and, and that's, I think, this is one of the keys in, in everything we people can do, whatever we are doing as a professional role is action, you know, because we are so good at thinking and discussing, but we need to really move things and act together. But Listen to your children. Yeah. Listen to your children mm. and, you know, be, be thoughtful and uh, they, they are, these young people out there, Mm. They're angry. I, I was, uh, they're, they're angry and they're in fear. I was a, a professor at the University of Buffalo for 37 years. And uh, I dealt with these children every day. And they always came to me all the time because I had a different perspective. I was a, a grandfather. I was, a, I was more of a grandfather than I was a teacher. Mm. And, and so at the end of my class, they would hang around. They, would, they didn't want to go, you know, because I was, I was in their interest. I understood. Mm -hmm. And I knew I was responsible. That's the seventh generation I was looking at, you know. And I, mm -hmm. I have this great compassion for them. Mm -hmm. I have this great love for them. And uh, our people do. For, for the ones that aren't here yet, those faces looking up for the earth. They're each each level waiting their time. Mm. They're coming. Mm. They're coming. And so we have that responsibility mm. to look after them. And so the first thing you do is protect where they live. Mm. You have to take care of the earth. The purpose of life, it's a big question, I know. But when you think about it, like, why am I here? Why are you here? Why is everybody here? Yeah, these are questions. <laughs> They're good questions. Mm. You know, and and uh, the answer always lies within yourself. Mm. You know, you have a you have to have a philosophy. So value change for survival. Find those values. Mm. Values for survival. 
chairs, number one. Yeah. You know, caring for the future, really, mm. seven generations. Mm. That's a tremendous perspective. Mm. Seven generations, not yourself, mm. but the future, yeah. your children, you know. Mm. And uh, human beings are, are a species. They come in all colors. They're mm -hmm. like that dog. They're like that dog you hear. You know, those dogs come in all sizes, colors, shapes, but they're all dogs. Human beings come in all colors, sizes, shapes, but we're all human beings. Mm -hmm. We can change blood. No one's better than the other. Mm -hmm. So this white people versus the rest of the world has been going on. You got to deal with it. That's mm. the Trump. Mm. White people against everybody. Mm. Simple as that. It's racism. Mm. It's inherent. Yeah. Mm. Came over with the need at the Pinto of Santa Maria. Mm. Racism. Mm. Serious. Mm. Get rid of it. Share. Understand yeah. that we're mm. all we're all family. Yeah, exactly. We can we, we can change blood. Mm. Whether you're black, white, blue, red, whatever color, we can change blood. Mm. You can't get any closer than that. Mm. We're family. Yeah. We're not white people. We're not black people. We're not racist. We're family. And our family extends to the earth itself. Mm. We're part of that. We're part of that whole structure. Mm. But we have intellect the human beings have intellect and that makes us different and it makes us responsible mm. exactly. so using that intellect gives us options mm. a buffalo doesn't have any option he's going to be a buffalo just the way he always is a bear is the same way a fish is the same way a butterfly is the same way they're going to be what they do mm. human beings we have an option and that option is what makes us different. Yeah. So now you're standing and you're going to fight. Good. I would say. Good. Yeah. All right. Let's get it on. Let's go. It ain't over till it's over. So what do you think the world needs most at this time? Compassion. Compassion. Mm -hmm. You have to have compassion. Leaders have to have compassion. You have that, you have a big head start. Mm. That's a serious and most needed uh, value. Great. Lauren, is there anything else you want to add or how do you feel? Well, just simply that uh, what I'm talking about now is not my wisdom. It comes from the chiefs. It comes from our people. I'm a runner. I speak for them because I learned, went to university. I learned the English language. And so I'm a spokesperson, mm. but I'm a reflection of what our leaders are saying. Mm. It's not coming from me. I'm not, I'm not this fountain of, of uh, information and, and knowledge. I'm a runner. Mm. I carry it, and I, I get it out, and mm. people think, oh, this is a very wise man. I'm just an ordinary guy, mm. just like everybody. Mm. You're ordinary. Just do what you can do. Yeah. Behave yourself. Mm -hmm. I go through all that, you know. Had a wild youth, everything like everybody does. <laughs> you know, if you can survive your own youth, you're doing 
first step. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So how is your daily life now look like? Is it I guess you don't have typical days, but still. Well, what we do here, yeah. you know, what our people do is when we wake, we give thanks for the day. Mm-hmm. The new day. It's a new day. The air is clear, nothing bad so far. Make it the best day. Do the best you can today. And give thanks. Be thankful. Mm. Be thankful for what you have. Mm. Be thankful for the future. And then go to work. Make your prayers, give thanks, and then go do it. Yeah. Yeah. That's like Nike says. Just, just do it. Just do it, yeah. Yeah. Just do it and it ain't over until it's over. Very <laughs> cool. Simple as that. <laughs> ah, wonderful. Thank you so much, Oren. You're amazing. Thanks for sharing uh, and thanks for your generosity. Uh, how, well, how, how do you feel to be on this podcast? Well, my life depends on you people. <laughs> If you guys don't behave, I'm gone. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Let's get together here. Yeah. yeah, let's do what we can do. Yeah. See what we can do for the future. And that's, you know, another statement from Sitting Bull, a Lakota leader. He said, let's sit and, and discuss what we can do for our children. Mm-hmm. Those are wise words. Yeah. And that's what we have to think, the future. Mm-hmm. We have to have a future. And, and we are responsible. Every generation is responsible. Now it's like so what the what they told us in the beginning when Peacemaker was talking to Ganyandaya way back there. When they showed him what was coming. The end is not good, I'll mm-hmm. tell you that. It's not good. And when he saw the end, he said, This is gonna happen. The spiritual being said, yes, it's going to happen. He said, well, then what's the use if this is going to happen? Mm. And they said, and this is the instruction. You tell your people, your relatives, your leaders, your friends, everyone that you know, you tell your people that the generation that allows this to happen is going to suffer beyond all comprehension. And you tell your people and your friends and your relatives, do not let it be your generation. Mm-hmm. So there we are. We can hold it off as long as we can hold it off. Mm-hmm. It's up to us. It's in our hands. We have a choice. We can do it. We can do it. I, I want to give you my appreciation for your effort. And make note that as a woman, a leader, a leader for life, mm-hmm. uh, the men should take a lesson from that. Thank you so much, Oren. Um, to find out more, um, listeners will find links and show notes on corporateunplugged.com. And remember to subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast app and share this episode with people you know would benefit from hearing Oren Lyons. Please, please rate and review this podcast if you enjoyed it. And thanks so much for listening. And until next time, 
Live with purpose and remember to unplug. Ciao. 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 Ciao.